welcome. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about a ton of Pokemon because all of the Pokemon stuff happened. Some Paper Mario news, some Kingdom Hearts stuff, some Divinity Original Sin stuff, and a lot more. I am your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week I am joined by Tom Marks. Hello. Joshua Yell. Hi. And Logan Plants, our prediction assistant, who's been helping me out for quite a while and helping me especially with filling out the notes the past couple of weeks so thank you so much for doing that and for being on today yeah thanks for having me glad to be here and thanks for being on today joshua i'm so excited again to have another pokemon i don't know fan friend i was gonna i couldn't decide which to say but someone to talk pokemon with (laughs) i'm a medically diagnosed pokemaniac perfect pokemaniac we have a lot on the on the show for you today so yeah, guys, let's just get started. Let's get can, right into this Pokemon news. Can we start with Joshua's shirt? Because that is an amazing yes. Psyduck shirt. Oh, this old thing? Uh, <laughs> please, please describe the shirt for our listeners who are not watching. Oh, right. It's like a cacophony of colorful Psyduck and Slowpoke images uh, all over. I got it at the Pokemon World uh, Championships. It is it's a, very good. It is a very, very good shirt. <laughs> so... I, I'm just going to top it off. This morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, Pacific Time, there was a Pokemon Presents, which is very similar to a Pokemon Direct or Pokemon Nintendo Direct. And I'm just going to start it off with the biggest news. There's a new hack in Pokemon Snap. Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so excited for this. Seriously. I I think <laughs> everyone has been asking for another Pokemon Snap for years. I mean, the Wii U would have been the perfect console for it but it didn't come but now we're finally get it getting it it looks beautiful it's being developed by bandai namco and um the pokemon says this game will take trainers on an adventure to unknown islands overflowing with natural sites such as jungles and beaches where they can research various pokemon in their natural habitats they will take photos to make their very own in-game pokemon photo decks all while discovering new never before seen pokemon expressions and behaviors and there are pokemon from all sorts of different generations there uh Guys, what do you think? I I genuinely never thought we'd see the day. After after they didn't do it for Wii U, I thought that they were just done with that franchise basically. Like I this this was such a shock to me that when I woke up this morning and I had a text from my brother that was like, "Oh man, new Pokémon Snap." I like thought he was kidding. <laughs> um this is so exciting. It looks so cool and I'm 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 still sort of like shocked it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, Tom. When it wasn't on the Wii U, it breaks my heart a little bit that this never came to Wii U because, like Casey said, it would have been perfect. But this is super exciting, and I have only played the original a little bit, but I thought this one looked beautiful. It's probably the prettiest Pokemon game ever made just based on that trailer we saw. So I'm really looking forward to that franchise coming back after, what, over 20 years off? I think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what about wow. you, Joshua? Uh, yeah, likewise. Uh, Pokemon Snap. Uh, it's funny if they're calling it new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> right. Pokemon Snap 2. Uh, but no, it's, it's clearly, uh, you know, uh, a big deal because it, this is very much a mis- nostalgia game for a lot of people. Um, I've heard other people who watch the trailer say, well, what's the big deal? Like, that looks as, as exciting as, like, the Brush Your Teeth game, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> uh, but, like, no, you, like, you don't understand. Like, this was, like, a cultural touchstone for Pokemon fans. Um, and really beyond just taking pictures of the Pokemon, it let you tour through these like safari zones, no pun intended, right? F- filled with Pokemon and then using your different tools to, to interact with them, you know, whether it was the Apple or the uh, very not nice. Pester yeah, ball. Pester ball, like the gas bomb. <laughs> um, and also I think you could play like the Poke Flute, right? And yeah. then like, the Pokemon would like all come out and dance and stuff so it's just mm-hmm. full of these like really small cool little fun touches that you could discover through repeated playthroughs and i played that thing a lot and went to blockbuster and for those who don't know blockbuster is <laughs> physical location that's <laughs> where you can rent video games and stuff um and movies but they had a machine where you could go and print out your pokemon snap photos so i would make little pokemon printouts uh and you got like 16 for each uh, photo and i would actually trade those for pokemon cards to kids at my school I did the same thing and I actually have a book with some of those stickers in like right underneath this table. So like, please hold while I do that. But while I go and get that book to show you guys those stickers, um, I wanted to ask. So some people were saying that they are disappointed that it is on rails like the original Pokemon Snap. 
I personally am totally fine with that. I feel like a lot of the magic comes with the kind of like scripts with the Pokemon interacting with each other. And you wouldn't get that same kind of magic with a totally open world exploration. And I think on rails suits this sort of game. I actually, I was going to bring this up because Joshua, you touched on a little bit too, but yeah, like I actually was nervous watching the trailer until I saw it went on rails. Like the idea of just like a free form take photos of Pokemon game is like cool to me, but that isn't what I want from a Pokemon snap game only. Right. Like that's only kind of half the equation to me. Cause what you were bringing up Joshua is like totally the appeal of this game is it's not just like a photo game. It's, it's really like an on rails puzzle game. It's like a rail shooter, but instead of shooting people, you're solving puzzles under a time pressure, which is such a weird, cool thing that doesn't really exist. And that's why when people are like, there's not been a game like Pokemon Snap, like that's what people are talking about is that sort of thing. And the mystery and the surprise and the actual difficulty and challenge that comes from like, oh yeah, you know that Charmeleon? Well, if you throw apples to lead that Charmeleon to this pool of lava, then it will fall in. And that's the only way you can get this one shot of Charizard in this one level. And like that sort of, complexity layer i think is vital to this game and and i when they so when i saw it on rails i was like good yes i want a mix of like free form taking photos of pokemon walking around seeing them in their natural habitat but also i really really want that sort of like rail structure i think it it really really excites me to see that that's there i understand why people would be nervous about it but like that is one of the main appeals to me yeah and i think it it really worked and i mean it encouraged you to Pokemon Snap is also kind of a puzzle game because you're trying to figure out how to make Pokemon appear where. And sometimes there's a whole sequence of things you have to do to make something appear at the very end of the level. Like I remember to get Articuno to appear at the end of the cave level. You had to do so much random stuff to make that happen. And that's something that you figure out after doing it over and over again. And I'm really excited to see what kind of puzzles they put intact here. And by the way, I did find my book with those stickers. Um, it's just twitter now for this game (laughs) it is and okay so here's there's a bunch of random stuff in here oh my goodness god so this is a a really old book but i don't know if for those of you who are watching it let me see if i can get that that's a picture that i printed out from blockbuster it's a tiny sticker about the size of like your thumb and here's one of those sheets your memory card right you brought your memory card to like a photo station and then it would print out yeah, you would bring your actual oh, cartridge. Okay. This is a really old picture of, of Lapras's from Pokemon Stadium, actually. <laughs> and it's it's color damaged. And it, these are so old. And here's a Charizard here from Pokemon Snap. As well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, these are so old that they in, like imprinted onto the plastic, probably because this was in storage in Florida and it got hot. But, you know, <laughs> I also have a note in here from my mom that tells me to clean my room. So it's just like full of treasures. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. Anyway, have that. Um, I hope that there is a way for you to be able to print out these pictures officially. I guess you could just, take, I don't know, print them at a CVS or something. But I'm telling you, I don't Twitter. Know. Yeah, you don't print them now. You tweet them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, I want to say that I'm pretty sure I glimpsed the original uh, Pokemon Snap uh, protagonist drop down um, in the trailer. Does anyone remember his name? Todd. Todd snap. <laughs> Todd is <Captain> back. <laughs> That's on line, or in line with Pokemon, seeing as the protagonist of the anime is Ash Ketchum. Ugh. Gosh, even the new character in the new anime is Go. So there you go. You know, whatever. It's yeah, fine. But uh, I, I do. Question about this one. Yeah. What's Why up? Do you think it's called new Pokemon Snap instead of Pokemon Snap 2. <sighs> it's Why so weird. Cards? I think. I, I, because they did that with new super mario bros but i feel like somehow that makes more sense to me for new super mario bros than this um i think maybe because adding two onto a game title makes it inherently more um what's the word i'm looking for uh kind of off-putting to new players like if they've ever played like maybe they i mean whenever i see two tacked on i immediately think oh i should play the first one first and they right. want to get away with that by adding the new because it's new but it's not a sequel so it's fine yeah, um, get away with for, that by putting the original pokemon snap on switch that'd be a, that'd be a good way too that would be a, they should honest they should have it if you pre-order new pokemon snap you get pokemon snap 
on your Switch for free. It's not going to happen, but I have wishful <laughs> thinking, you know? Um, but I know we could talk about Pokemon Snap for longer, but let's go ahead and move on because there, there's even more. There's even more that came out in that 10-minute presentation today. There are kind of smaller announcements, but I still want to touch upon them. For example, there's a game called Pokemon Cafe Mix coming to your smart devices or Switch, and it is a free-to-start game, which is a puzzle game where you're the owner of a very cute Pokemon Cafe, and you mix up drinks and food that are Pokemon-themed for Pokemon. And the (laughs) art is adorable. Are you guys going to play this? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I, I'll probably start it up just because the art is so cool and just to see what it's about. But yeah. I think the only Pokemon puzzle game I ever beat was Troze. And mm. the rest of it was like just like abandoned halfway through. I don't know. It, it's it's free and it's cute looking and I'm, I'm going to play it. Like, I don't know how like crazy I'll get about it. But yeah, I, I'm it, it's one of those things where. Uh, even even if I don't have high expectations, the free to start sort of thing is like cool. Like, yeah, I'll definitely try it, and we'll have to see what their sort of what free to start actually means. If it's like yeah. a Mario Chase sort of thing, or if it's like a some Doctor Mario, like we don't know yet. But um, yeah, I'm I'm interested in playing it for sure. It's 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 just a nice little surprise, especially because mm-hmm. since it's you know a week away <laughs> yeah it's coming out on the switch on june 24th what about you logan are you going to check that out i don't think so either my favorite part about <laughs> it is the art style i do think it looks really mm. great i like seeing pokemon try different things with its art because it usually kind of sticks to the the same kind of main art style but i don't think that the gameplay looked that compelling to me personally yeah i can i can agree with that for the most part but yeah i'm going to check it out just because like you said the art style is very cute but uh, onward to another Pokemon game that is available right now. I'm not talking about the Isle of Armor DLC. I'm talking about Pokemon Smile. We thought we were going to sleep. Actually, we got to brush our teeth. It's two very important things. I don't know what happened to Pokemon Sleep, but we're going to brush our teeth instead. This is an AR app on mobile designed to help kids brush their teeth. It is completely free. There are no in-app purchases. And it is an AR game where you have to brush your teeth to save Pokemon from the dirty plaque inside your mouth. Amazing. <laughs> I sent Red a video, um, our producer, of me using this app. I don't know if it's ready because I did it like pretty last minute. But <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll get that video up here if you're watching. But if not, I'm just going to describe it. Basically, they show you, you see yourself. It's a picture and you have a Pokemon hat and it tracks your toothbrush. And you're trying to defeat all of the purple plaque enemies that are attacking your teeth. I don't know how to play this game. I'm, I tried it twice. And the first time I followed the diagram, it shows you the teeth in the diagram. It shows you where you should be brushing your teeth. And I did that the first time. I didn't save the Pokemon. And the second time, I just try to follow the Pokemon on your teeth instead. And that didn't work either. So, like, someone give me tips on how to brush my teeth because apparently I'm doing it wrong according to Pokemon. So <laughs> you need like to write a, te- a teeth brushing wiki. Is that what you're saying? You need to do how to brush your teeth to win at Pokemon Smile. We need that video. Someone make it. I'm not going to do it. My mouth is raw. It's not good. The, the, the default time that they have you brush your teeth is two minutes. Do you know how long two minutes is? I know that's how that's long you're supposed to be. time. Yeah. It's so long. I don't think, I'm sorry. I just got so loud. That is such a long time when you're holding your phone up with one hand and then brushing your teeth and it's like brush faster. And it's like, this is maybe, I don't know, man. That was a, that was a long time. My gums were bleeding. Yeah. No. I just love this image. <laughs> I love this image of like Casey writing the wiki for Pokemon Smile and just like spending four hours a day brushing her teeth like <laughs> like you must hold it in this certain certain way in order for the camera to track your toothbrush's motions it's coming um what i want to know is that you know each pokemon is a separate species but are we going to get a new subspecies of like pokemon bacteria that they fight uh-huh. and like one's plaque and you know one's bacteria and one's like a piece of like a popcorn that got stuck in your, your mouth <laughs> are we going to have like a whole new pokedex for the the gunk that gets in your teeth 
They should. They should make brand new plaque Pokemon that are exclusive to Pokemon Smile, and you can only get it in Sword and Shield by playing Pokemon Smile and brushing your teeth twice a day for 30 days. Should they do that? I feel like the designs would be like similar to like the Ultra Beasts, which look really weird and have yeah. strange, strange shapes and designs. Like, oh, I got a Zerka tree in there, you know. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny that Pokemon has just decided, like, I'm not hating on this at all. It's just so funny that Pokemon has decided that, like, one of the main things they're going to be doing with apps is just, like, these lifestyle apps, like Pokemon Sleep and Pokemon Smile. It's just like, okay, like, cool, man. I don't I don't really get it, but, like, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I don't know. Pokemon Sleep, why, why wasn't also, that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened question. to Pokemon Sleep. Yeah, that was a weird absence. I thought for sure we would hear something about that today, but it's been a long time with, with nothing on that, which is surprising. It's been more than a year, and the same can be said for detect, the tech, Detective Pikachu sequel that was supposed to come out on the Switch as well. Um, but we are getting another Pokemon Presents very soon, um, and that will be June 24th, and we'll showcase a big project. I'm skipping the last topic, but we'll go back to that. Um, <laughs> and. I'm I'm inclined to agree with what most people are speculating in that it's going to be Let's Go, but set in Johto. What do so you guys why are, think? Why are people speculating that? So if when you watch the Pokemon Presents from today, if you look in the background of the president of the Pokemon company, Shahara, the plushies behind him on the middle rack are all Johto Pokemon, except for Mewtwo and Lapras. Um, so that we've got the starters and the legendaries from Johto. And then also, if you look in the bottom right of the frame, you see Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, the game case. And in front of that game case is Eevee with Umbreon and Espeon to either side, which are both Gen 2 evolutions. So Clever! Uh, what Pokemon would everyone start with in, in Pokemon Johto, though? In Pokemon Let's Go Johto? I've actually been giving this a lot of thought, and I think they're just going to go with Pikachu and Eevee again. Hmm. Huh. Because those have become like their own mascots of those franchises, so it's like you'll take that, that Pokemon with you on this new adventure, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's at least just, from a marketing standpoint, I totally see them going that way. That's interesting, because every Pokemon game has a new Pokemon on the cover, so I wonder if they would worry about people getting confused on what it was, if it was the, the same ones as the last Let's Go iteration. But I, I think that's a good idea. And if you could carry over some sort of save transfer from the original Let's Go from your Switch, that I think that'd be really smart. Ooh, that's great. Something tells me that Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are very okay with putting Pikachu on the cover of two different game boxes. <laughs> like, I think if they could put Pikachu on the cover of every game box, they would just, they just would. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's that's an interesting idea. I, I think it. So, like, would it just be Let's Go Two? Let's Go Pikachu Two. Let's Go Eevee uh, Two. I guess is Pokemon. Just new Let's Go. New Let's Go. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be Pokemon Let's Go Eevee to Johto, and Pokemon Ooh. Let's Go Pikachu to Johto. That's that's actually also a good. Yeah, oh, I'm on board. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm sold on these conspiracy theories. <laughs> but I was also thinking, like, maybe they'll give you one game will be Umbreon and one will be Espeon. They have done that before mm. with Pokemon Coliseum, where your starter Pokemon were Umbreon and Espeon. Um, but I'm hoping if it is Pikachu and Eevee, they will let you evolve your freaking starter Pokemon, especially when <laughs> Umbreon and Espeon exist that evolve from friendship. Like, come on. <laughs> so That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You can so, catch another one then of all that, though. <laughs> you're right. And then just put your poor starter Pokemon. Your starter Pokemon's so OP in the Let's Go series. Like, you would never just put it in a box i don't even know if you can i don't even remember <laughs> but um i wanted to backtrack a second something else pokemon related that is available right now is that in pokemon go um galarian Farfetch'd is appearing and in the future we're going to get mega evolution for pokemon go what do you think any of you still playing pokemon go i haven't played pokemon go <laughs> yeah. for two years i, I still dabble uh here and there um uh but uh i had been wondering a lot about how they would incorporate megas it's a little disappointing to me that they're just incorporating them as their own separate pokemon um rather than something that evolves in uh battle into its mega form and then goes back um but i guess pokemon go wasn't really designed with that in mind but it just Mm -hmm. it just seems like more of the same to have it be its own pokemon instead of getting something new like a new mechanic that you can activate during battle um, 
but uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm sure it'll be cool and fun and whatever. <laughs> right. And last bit of Pokemon news. You can look at the timestamps. I hope if you didn't like Pokemon, you looked at them already. But <laughs> last thing, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC is available today, yesterday, if we're going by real time because you're watching this on a Thursday. But the Isle of Armor is now accessible and it comes with a ton of new features. Um, I actually watched a video by Austin John Plays and he very succinctly summed everything up in a very good way. And guys, there's one thing that Pokemon did not advertise that I think is a really big sell. And that's once you've defeated the three first three trials that you encounter in this expansion, Pokemon will follow you in the overworld again, like in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, react. No, but no, I mean, no, that's that's weird. It's a weird thing not to advertise. Yeah. That's one of those things that people really wanted. And it's mm-hmm. like I feel like you could I feel like that alone would get a lot of people really excited. Maybe it was just something they like maybe it was something they weren't sure if they could finish implementing. Like maybe it was like a, a question whether it was gonna go in or something, because otherwise, like, man, that's that's really exciting. And I do believe that this feature is locked on in the DLC areas. I don't think it works when you go back to mainland Galar, but I mean, it's still cool because the new areas are actually just really big wild areas and they do look interesting. I did want to mention one other thing. Uh, we put up a news article on Monday morning based on an interview I had with a uh, Nintendo uh, product marketing specialist and someone from PR in the Pokemon company. And I asked them, oh, why did you decide on level 60 as the Pokemon cap in the DLC? Because that's what I saw in the video they showed me. And they said, actually, the DLC scales with you. And so I asked, oh, like, even if you have a whole party of level 100 Pokemon, then the Pokemon on the Isle of Armor will be level 100 too? And they said, yes, that's not true. It goes <laughs> to level 60. Um, like It scales just like the regular wild area does. So I just wanted to clarify that. Anyone coming here who didn't see that on the website, Sorry, I'm not omniscient. I couldn't tell. I couldn't know it was wrong because I couldn't test anything out myself. But anyway, there's some other stuff that's at least nice to have, like Max Soup, which can unlock the Gigantamax factor to any Pokemon. And there's honestly just a ton more. You'll get uh, get to choose between a Pulposaur or a Squirtle. You can find 151 Alolan Diglett. And by doing so in each area, you get gifted a new Alolan Pokemon. Not new, but returning. You know what I mean? Like Alolan Vulpix. You're familiar with them. And a bunch of other stuff. Um, Joshua, have you gotten to play any of the DLC yet? I played the opening three trials that you mentioned, uh, which just takes a couple hours to get through. I watched my fiance play for about two and a half hours this morning. I woke him up early so he could do so and I could watch. Um, (laughs) And he spent the entire time going through his Pokemon boxes and organizing them, uh, going to shops and seeing what new styles you can get. They're very expensive and fancy and catching a bunch of new Pokemon and doing none of the story. So if that's all you want to do and you don't care about the story, you can. There's like Pokemon. a lot of that stuff to do once you get in there. It, it like, yeah, they immediately say, let you know that there's new things in the shops. Um, there's new haircuts and makeup and styles, like everything that you could could want. There's more of, um, and then some. Uh, I will say that um, it, it's it's really fun and cool to explore a new Pokemon region, like I feel it always is. Um, but my biggest sticking point with really not just Sword and Shield, but Sun and Moon and X and Y, that's where it really started, is that the games are like so so easy that it's it's uh, it's more like you're just exploring and you're not really being challenged and uh you are you i was i have pokemon shield so i was faced with avery uh who's my rival once i get to the the isle of armor and he's just a total pushover he talks so much crap <laughs> you'd think he'd like claire does too challenge you know oh really claire yeah. um so i just uh that, that was just kind of like you know bothering me in the back of my head of just like you know, I know you're talking all this crap, but I'm just going to like one shot each of your Pokemon and then it's going to ruin your day. <laughs> That's why I was so excited when they said it would scale up to level 100 because I was like, oh, well, at least you'll have that. But no, because I mean, most people who are playing the DLC have probably beaten the game by now and their Pokemon are going to be minimum in in the late 50s, I would assume. 
So uh, yeah, a little bit disappointing. I wish they would implement true level scaling for DLC areas like this. That would be really cool, but not this time around. Anyway, we have just spent a lot of time talking about Pokemon. So let's move on to some not Pokemon stuff, but I'm sure we'll talk about more Pokemon when we're talking about things that we're playing. I know at least Joshua and I will. (laughs) So that's it for Pokemon. Now let's talk about the new Paper Mario trailer, which showed a ton of new info. Um, So Logan, I know that you filled out most of this. So why don't you take it away and give it, give us a a summary of what we saw. Yeah. So when they revealed Paper Mario, the Origami King, it was just two months away from when it was supposed to come out. Now we're one month away, and this was just a huge info dump. I actually think they showed too much. I think they went into too much detail of what we're going to see in this game. But uh, there was a six-minute trailer uh, that Nintendo dropped earlier this week, and it showed five different worlds. Uh, kind of these five different strands of of ribbon or paper are coming out from Peach's castle, and Mario has to follow each one and then fight a boss at the end of it. And they showed all five worlds and they showed multiple scenes from all of them. Uh, they include there's your standard forest, which is probably the start. And then a mountainous area is the second one. Uh, and then they showed the three that come after that. It looks really cool, but I just didn't like how much of the worlds they showed. They also showed off partners um, like Olivia, who is the origami King's sister, who is, who is going with you on the journey. The standard bob who is, doesn't even have a hat or or a little eye patch or nothing. He's just literally a bomb for Mario, a Toad Professor, and a couple others. Uh, they confirmed that partners can appear in battles, which was something that I think a lot of people uh, who love Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door were really wondering about. Um, so that was a good thing to see. And the battle system, I think, actually looks pretty neat. Uh, all battles take place on that ring-based stage that we saw in the first reveal trailer. And Uh, From the looks of it, Mario had about 30 seconds to arrange all of these enemies by spinning uh, and sliding the ring um, forward and backwards to line up all the enemies. You get a damage boost if you line them up good enough. Uh, And then you see all the classic moves like the jumps and the hammers from Paper Mario. And they showed some new items like a fire flower, a pow block, and a raccoon tail. And then boss battles are also on that ring, but they work a little differently. Um, You're trying to create a path on the ring to get Mario to run from the outside edge to the inner edge to, to do some damage to the boss. So they really showed a lot there. That's just kind of the, the surface of everything they showed. So much. Kind of mini games and things like that. But I think they felt the need to show a ton because people are really skeptical about this franchise. I mean, people have not liked the last few entries really since Super Paper Mario was the last one that was received um, pretty well. And it's similar to like, I don't know if you remember seven years ago now, before Super Mario 3D World came out, Nintendo dropped this 50 things about Super Mario 3D World, and it just, they threw everything at the wall. They showed the secret character you unlock after beating the game. They showed, like, the final level. They showed it all, and this (laughs) felt really similar to that, and I think it's like, look at this game. It's going to be good. I'm actually kind of sold on it after this trailer, but what did you all think? No, I was similarly excited. I agree that it was a lot. It, It... It felt like what I would expect from a Nintendo Direct, I guess. Like, like last week's episode, we were speculating, like, okay, when do you think the Nintendo Direct's going to be? Do we like beginning of July, end of July, something like that? And one of the things I, I was saying, and I think Pear was saying too, was like, um, a, a lot of the times there will be a Nintendo Direct that will announce a game like they did Paper Mario, and then there'll be a Nintendo Direct that announces a bunch of stuff and then deep dives into one that's about to come out. Like they did that for Animal Crossing too. And this trailer is sort of what I would expect from that, right? Mm-hmm. This trailer is that sort of thing where this is the game that's about to come out and they do a deep dive into it. It just is arriving like three or four weeks earlier than I would have expected it to, basically. Um yeah. So we usually get these kind of videos, like you said, just a few days before. Right. And but that said, like everything in it was encouraging to me. Like I I, I liked that they showed the partners. And while I was nervous because of that one bob in the original reveal being sort of plain, uh, the other partners like that toad thing, the toad professor and like Kamek is apparently a partner at one point. Right. Like those are cool. There's a lot of weird uh, personality that I liked seeing that that bob didn't necessarily make me think there was going to be um the combat system looks cool like yeah i'm i'm just excited to get my hands on it i i am sold at least in that i want to play this game yeah i don't know oh go ahead you go ahead logan 
You mentioned personality, Tom. Uh, I think that something people don't know about Color Splash, because not a lot of people played it, is even though those games' NPCs were 95% toads, there were hundreds of toads in that game, the writing was still really funny. So I think that the next step that the franchise has to take to kind of get back on the right track is introducing more characters. And even though some of them are generic, it looks like this one's doing that. So that's a really, really positive sign to me. Yeah, totally. Um, What about you, Joshua? Are you going to hop on the new paper mario train i wanted to call it a paper train but that doesn't make any sense so no. it's the regular train <laughs> there is a paper train, train. Yeah. there is a paper train yeah um train actually, i've actually not played uh paper mario do i have to play uh plastic mario first to, to understand this one <laughs> i don't i don't think you have to play any previous paper marios to get Chrono- chronologically plastic mario comes after paper mario okay paper and plastic <laughs> makes sense yeah. Which one is the, the anniversary that comes first? Is there a plastic anniversary? I would assume there is. <laughs> I don't know. Amiibo? Amiibo? Is that the plastic yeah. Mario? There we go. Give the Amiibos. No, and actually, then... I think technically the plastic Mario game is the upcoming Lego one. Oh, man, you're uh, right. Good call. All right. And the paper one is when you gift your significant other uh, 20-year-old Pokemon Snap Snickers. There we go. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to some more news. We just got figured finished talking about new paper mario trailer so let's talk about some more news including the fact that the kingdom hearts series is finally debuting on the switch but not in the way that you would probably think it's a new rhythm game it's called melody of memory and if you played if you've ever played theater rhythm which was a 3ds game featuring final fantasy music and final fantasy characters it looks like a kind of follow suit the art that they used not the graphics in the game but the art that they were using to promote it looked very similar to theater rhythm art so you're just kind of jumping on that what do you guys like kingdom hearts are you interested in this game at all silence nothing but silence (laughs) i I have trouble getting excited for rhythm spinoff games Mm -hmm. Just like yeah. as a rule, like I love Persona Five. Persona Five is one of my favorite JRPGs ever, and like it took me playing through Royal a second time to make me be like, maybe I want to do Dancing in Moonlight, right? Like it, you know, like it. It's J, like RPG rhythm games. Uh, I, I I don't hate them. I'm not hating on anybody who likes them. It's just like a very different thing in my eyes. Yeah. Like I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, but like I'm not. I'm not jumping up and down to play this game necessarily, but I'm also not like unhappy that it exists because clearly this is not, you know, the kingdom hearts teams taking time to make this game. It's a different thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, I'm whelmed by it, I guess. (laughs) But you know what? If you are a kingdom hearts fan, you should probably play it because there's probably new canon lore that you will need to know to fully understand the story. Like the mobile Kingdom Hearts game, which had a ton of canon lore that you needed to play in order to understand the story. So good luck, Kingdom Hearts fans. I'm glad you got another game. The music is very good. And it does look like a lot of fun. I like rhythm games. Yeah. But not a rhythm game, but maybe, I don't know, it's jump rope rhythm. You kind of need rhythm to not stumble all over your feet. But there is a brand new free game on the Switch called Jump Rope Challenge, which uses the Joy-Con to simulate jumping rope. Um, it was created by a few Nintendo developers who wanted to stay active while working from home, and it supports two players. Have any of you tried this out? Yeah, I actually did. Uh, Tell me about today. it. I think it's just, I think the story of this is just really cool that Nintendo developers were uh, working from home and like just tinkering around with something and they decided to put it out to us. I think that that's just a really cool story. And it is very bare bones. You launch it. It's basically just a calendar. Um, you just go day by day and it keeps track of how many jump ropes you do each day the motion controls worked pretty well Uh, i tested it out a lot obviously you can cheat if you just sit down and shake the joy con (laughs) like crazy um but you can change the outfit of a little bunny dude which is really cute uh once you i reached 100 jump ropes today this picture of a cat like a real life cat popped up in the background which was really random but i don't know i just think it's really (laughs) funny and cute and i think it's cool that nintendo pushed this out right now just because they could, because nothing else is really going on for them. So I was a big fan of it. Cool. You know, check it out. Get it. Get encouraged to take breaks during the day. You should get up at least once an hour, stretch your legs, stretch your, your arms, all that good stuff. Um, but there's 
more out this week, including Divinity Original Sin 2 DLC, and it is available now. Um, it is the Four Relics of Revelon, and it sends you on a hunt for four magical sets of armor. There's a new Undead Dragon boss and a whole lot more. This is really cool. It's totally free. Surprise drop from Larian. Awesome. Have you? Uh, are you going to j- jump back into Divinity Original Sin 2 to play this, Tom? Uh, I don't know. Like... This is the thing about Divinity because Original Sin One had this too, and Larian is re- just really good about supporting their games both in early access and then beyond. Uh, so this is not, like I have nothing but love for this, but also I don't know if it's necessarily like the thing that will convince someone to replay a hundred-hour RPG. You know, like it is. I don't think it's meant for that. It <laughs> feels like basically if you haven't played Original Sin Two yet, it is still one of the best western rpgs in a decade and this is now even more reason for you to go and play it so yeah like it's it's very cool that they're doing this larian is just such a they they really care about their games in a a way that feels tangible in both when i've played them and when i've spoken to them in interviews and stuff and so like yeah i'm more reason to to tell people to play this game is is oh i'm always happy about that I completely agree. Divinity Original Sin 2 is a fantastic RPG, and the fact that it's on the Switch is kind of a marvel, and it still yeah. runs really well. And the only thing it's missing is local co-op, but you can still do co-op. Um, it actually has cross-platform co-op. Yeah. And it's Steam, Steam cross-saves, too, so yeah. if you were playing see previously, you can continue your game on Switch. As long as it was the... I don't know what to call it, the Ultimate Edition, but the actual... Right. The updated edition, not the first edition of the game. Yeah. And last part of small news for this week is that a uh, Kentucky fried chicken is open to restaurant in animal crossing. I know it's, it's ridiculous. I, <laughs> but specifically KFC Philippines created a virtual restaurant and a totally KFC themed Island. It looks really cute and adorable. And if they are having a promotion where you can go to this Island and if you find Colonel Sanders while you're there, they will give you a coupon for a free bucket of chicken. I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken also made a dating sim on Steam. So, you know, food companies are just going off the rails with their marketing tactics. And honestly, I'm kind of for it. Okay, we, just, we just talked about it. We just gave them so, some time on the air. We did. <laughs> we did. So good Animal job. Corporate brands have arrived. Animal Crossing's done. Pack it up. Leave. Go home. Get out. I also you wanted to mention. Very oh, go ahead. No, go go for it, Joshua. I was going to say, what restaurant would you want to see in Animal Crossing? Um, uh, Brewsters. Am- I'd like to see Brewsters. I would like to see a Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> 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 I'd like to see a bunch of the the chicken villagers in the KFC restaurant <laughs> and just see how they react. Man, there's some messed up things in that game the more you think about it. <laughs> okay, you took it too far. Let's get, move on. <laughs> Gosh. You ever I, think I about how have... there's an anatomical model that doesn't look like any human being in the world of Animal Crossing? What's that about? It's a good question. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to do a quick Animal Crossing shout out to Brian Altano and Terry Schwartz on our team who hosted... Animal Crossing Celebrity Island Tours during Summer of Gaming yesterday. And all of those are available to watch on our YouTube and on IGN.com. They're really funny. They're really great. I recommend everyone go and watch them. It was an awesome segment that I know took a lot of work and time to put together. And Red, I think you were producing that, our NBC producer. So definitely go check that out and support our colleagues' awesome efforts. Yeah, there's some really cool ones in there. Like Simu Simu Liu uh, is on there. Shannon Woodward, Matt Mercer um xavier woods like we did a ton of really cool celebrity islands and some of them are like great like some of them are genuinely amazing so and it was all for a good cause so check it out were there there any disappointing Uh, i don't want to sell anyone down the river like all right don't worry about they're everyone's wonderful in their own way including their animal crossing islands that means whenever i show you my animal crossing item you can't judge me either so good to know but <laughs> wow, Casey. It's a terrible island. It's terrible. I'm just gonna judge myself for a moment and say my island sucks and I'm never inviting you to it because I'm I'll be embarrassed. But let's move on to games out this week. Tom, 
Thank you for putting this together. I know we only have about 10 minutes left for our audio listeners, and I did want to get on to what we're playing. So which game? Yeah, quick. There's so many games on here. Um, yeah, this week this week had a lot of stuff. So uh, some really quick shout outs. Invisible Ink is a tactical stealth game that came out from Clay. The people that made Don't Starve, Don't Starve Together, oh, cool. um, a bunch of other stuff. They, they don't make bad games. Uh, we gave this an 8.5 when it first came out. Um, yeah, Invisible Ink, Ink spelled I-N-C period, like incorporated. Um, very fun game. Uh, uh, some other cool ones, Namco Museum Archives Volume 1 and 2 came out, and these are two collections that are $20 each that are just like a bunch of classic Namco games. So stuff like Dig Dug, oh, Pac-Man, cool. um, Galaga. The cool, one of the, probably the coolest notable thing in all of this is that the Volume 1 not only has Pac-Man, it has an 8-bit demake of Pac-Man Championship Edition. So Pac-Man Championship Edition is like the newer Pac-Man game that's really, really like people love that game and so they made for this collection an original 8-bit pac-man version of it um so that's brand new and so that's there's some really cool stuff in there uh the burnout paradise remaster also is coming out on the 19th that's but we talked about this previously i love burnout paradise i would absolutely recommend burnout paradise but $50, 50 dollars, 50 US dollars is the price for this remaster which is just like insane to me so take that how you will and i've said this before this is a game that came out when i was in high school so it is very old (laughs) yeah um the another one is there's a game called railway empire coming out for 40 dollars on the 19th that's just a railroad management sim game but it also kind of emphasizes like building up the towns that the railroads are part of rather than just like driving a train um and then one game i just want to shout out because i know it's it's we're, we're running out of time but a game called Best Friend Forever came out on the 18th. Um, and it's basically a visual dating sim novel. But instead of dating people, you adopt a dog and then you you raise a dog. So it's like a dog dating sim. But instead of raising, dating the dog, you're you're just you love your best friend forever. So check I out. Love that game. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, that's real quick. But uh, there's there was a bunch of stuff that was like, you know, nothing yeah, that like blew the roof off but like there's some cool things that are out this week yeah i also wanted to everything else tom everything else tom picked will go in the uh, episode article on ign.com thanks logan i appreciate that and i did really quickly just want to mention summer and mara that's something i've been personally interested in but i haven't played it and none of us have played it yet but we will circle back on that next week in what we're playing because i assume someone will be playing it by then (laughs) and on that note let's talk about what we're playing Guys, what are you playing? Let's start with you, Logan. I'm playing Clubhouse games. Uh, I've been playing that since it came out a couple weeks ago. I think it's really great. I think it it has that really good level of Nintendo polish that uh, I was surprised to see in it. I'm I don't know exactly what part of Nintendo developed it. They often keep that kind of under wraps sometimes, but I'm pretty sure it was the Super Mario Party team. I think that it really gives off vibes of huh. Super Mario Party and like just the font, the kind of UI choices, the tutorials, it all feels a lot like that. So I think it's really great. But what I've been playing mostly is Mario Kart 8 on Switch. Uh, I just <laughs> been craving a new Mario Kart really bad. And we've been seeing a few unsubstantiated rumors of Mario Kart 9. So I've hopped back in and man, it is it is time for a new one. Mario Kart 8 is amazing. I love almost every track in that game. It's great. But I've been playing those tracks for six years since it came out on Wii U. Uh, it's been a long time. So I'm ready for a new one. And I, I just really hope that one comes to switch and not whatever comes next, because I think it's time. So mm. we're not sure if we're getting a new Mario Kart racer, but you know what we are getting a new Nickelodeon Kart racer for the switch eventually that we revealed on summer of gaming. It's probably not going to be nearly as good as Mario Kart, but who knows new Kart game. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Yeah. Um, Tom, thank you so much for going down the list of all of the games that are coming out this week that you recommend. But what are you playing right now? Sadly, not a ton. Uh, I understand. I, so you, Casey, you mentioned this before, but I've been having like tendonitis pains in my arms. So I've been playing less games lately, uh, mainly Persona 5 Royal. It made me reminded me like how much I want a Western release for Western date for Persona 5 Scramble, which we still don't have and has been out in in Japan for what, like four months now. Um, So I've just been craving that longingly, basically. But uh, 
I'm taking it easy because take care of yourself, do stretches, stand up, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Do do the things. Don't become broken like me and Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua, what have you been playing? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot of the Pokemon DLC. <laughs> um, but I did want to mention, actually, well, because I'm sure everyone earlier was like, we didn't hear him talk about enough Pokemon. Can you do some more? <laughs> so the answer is yes. Here I go. Um, last time I was on NBC, I mentioned that I was trying to actually qualify to play in the Pokemon World Championships for the first time ever uh, by playing in the uh, the trading card game, the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, so just a little update. Um, in March, I actually hit my goal and qualified and got my World Championship invite. Congrats. Uh, which, thank you. Thank you. Um, but of course, now uh, <laughs> it's been canceled and postponed until 2021. Uh, but I suppose that's good that they rolled over all the invites uh, to next uh, year. So I'll still get to go. It's in London, you know, to tie into like, the, the Galar theme. Um, but some people, after I had appeared on NBC, uh, hit me up like wanting to know more. So there's your update, and thank you everyone for you. Uh, thank you everyone for for your support on that. That is an awesome achievement. And to clarify, you're talking about Pokemon TCG, correct? Yes, the Pokemon trading card game. And I know a lot of people are wondering, like, wait, do people still play that? Yes, yes, yes they do. <laughs> so many people do. There's a reason why the the prize pool for TCG is much larger than the prize pool for the video game series also it's a lot more of a money sink to get into tcg than the video game as well oh totally totally yeah the the first place prize for the world championship is twenty five thousand dollars and for the Ooh. video game is is only 10 you think it'd be the other way around because yeah the video game seems to be more popular but but no <laughs> tcg is big and real quick, uh also to echo joshua because i'm sure you didn't hear me talk about enough pokemon before but um, I am in the same boat as Tom, so I haven't really been playing video games as much. I'm still playing DDR, but I also started playing Pokemon 5e, which is a Pokemon game with Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition rules. Um, I've been playing on Roll20. Uh, basically, my fiance and our game master built out all of my stuff for me so I can just talk and say what I'm going to do and he'll move my character for me in Roll20 and I can just look at a sheet and so I can play hands-free, and it's been a lot of fun. We've been playing with friends back home in Florida. Joshua, how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, you're, you're not going to believe this. Uh, a friend just asked me to play, and we're playing for the first time on Friday. So I can't wait. We're going to talk a lot about this offline. <laughs> yes. No, honestly, it is a, it's great. It's, um, it was created by someone named Joe the DM, and there's a whole subreddit called Pokemon 5e. And there's a Discord where people talk about rules all the time and it's a lot of fun and we have a good time with it real quick what is your starter pokemon so we decided to start with we're playing in kanto but with the first three generations of pokemon in which the second and third gens are much more rare than the first gen pokemon but we could start with any pokemon a certain difficulty rating and below so i chose mm -hmm. to start with a trap inch which eventually evolves into flygon and uh, its name is turnip and I also got an Oddish as my second Pokemon, and that's Turnip too. So, uh, <laughs> um, I chose a Magnemite named Magneto. That's amazing. Perfect. I hope oh, you guys enjoyed us geeking about out about Pokemon. Also, speaking of Pokemon, Pokemon Journeys, the new anime series is out on Netflix right now. I watched it in one sitting. Just wanted to mention that. <laughs> Must be good. Um, I think it's pretty good. I like it more than Sun and Moon the sun and moon anime but anyway we are running out of time so we just talked about games that we're playing this week now let's talk about question block our favorite game where we answer questions given to us by the audience this question is from kevin osborne and he says hey nbc crew i hope you're all staying safe and staying sane being a person who only owns a switch it's been a difficult a bit difficult following along with what nintendo conda is in ign summer of gaming can you break down what is coming to the switch that has been in the summer of gaming tom yeah i know you did a little bit of research on this big this, big this thing. is a big old task so uh to to preface this um if you ever are want just you IGN.com has this lovely little feature. If I can do a real quick plug where if you go to our homepage, there's a little button on the bot on the left side of the screen. When you scroll down where you can click Nintendo and you'll just see all of the things that are only that are coming to Nintendo. So 
if you're curious during our summer of gaming coverage what's going on, not only do we publish recaps at the end of each day, but we also have, you can just click that button and just see only trailers that are coming to the Switch or that sort of thing, or Nintendo related in some way. So that's a useful way to sort through that if anybody's curious. Um, We don't have time to just break down everything that we've announced that's coming to Switch because there was a lot of Switch stuff. But some of the highlights that I'll say of what we've covered uh, through Summer of Gaming, we revealed the first gameplay of uh, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, which is the new Samurai Jack video game. We also have an interview with Samurai Jack creator Gendy Tartakovsky. Um, I believe I pronounced that right. And uh, thank you. And <clears throat> so that's a cool looking game that's coming to Switch uh, and was our reveal. We also, you'll, you'll hear Brian Altano talk about, uh, and me a little bit, uh, a, he's mentioned a game called Slime Son a bunch, yes. which is the platformer. We exclusively revealed the new game, the next game coming from the people for Braz who, who made Slime Son. It's a game called Demon Turf, um, and it's like a 3D spiritual successor to Slime Son. So that looks really cool, and you should look up Demon Turf, turf spelled T-U-R-F, uh, like, like the grass, basically. Yeah. Um, a couple other things we announced. We announced Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, which is like a remaster remake of Alex Kidd in Miracle World that has this lovely, lovely art style. Um, I've been doing, I mentioned my Check Out This Game series. We've got some gameplay. I'd highly recommend two of them that I'd recommend checking out are a game called 30XX. The other one I wanted to shout out was a game called Star Renegades, um, which is this really cool pixel art, like RP, tactical RPG sort of thing. Very, very cool with Star Renegades. Um, oh man, there's so much, so I'll cut it short. Uh, we did a reveal trailer for the story of Ninjala, if anybody's been following that game. That's this this Splatoon-esque multiplayer PvP game. Um, so we released a story trailer for that. Oh man, oh man. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of the bigger things. There's there's a lot, right? Like we we I can't just yeah. rattle off everything because I'd be here all day. Um, but those are sort of some of the bigger ones. And I'll send this list of of kind of notable things to Logan. So hopefully we can get that in the run of show or at least some of them. Um, but yeah, Summer of Gaming is, you know, our, our expo days are kind of past, but we've still got more and more and more streams and we've still got stuff to show off. Um, so keep keep watching. Let us know if you're enjoying that because we're we're pretty happy with it. But, you know. Obviously, we're here to serve y'all, so <laughs> let us know. Thank you, Tom. And also, if you want to find the Nintendo page that Tom was talking about, you can also Google IGN Nintendo News, and that page should be your first results as well if you can't really find it on our main page. Um, the next question is from Christopher Bow, and he says, I've seen people talk about Animal Crossing as a game of the year contender. I've also seen people debating that it's release during the pandemic contributed to its popularity. No one argues against the COVID factor. The funny thing is that it seems like a 50-50 split on whether or not that makes it more or less worth of game of the year. I'm interested in your thoughts. Does the quarantine release window inflate its relevance? Would it have had the same impact on the gaming community if things hadn't gotten coconuts around that time? Or do you think it falls short of the Game of the Year nom either way? I'd also be interested in your current Game of the Year contender contenders, Nintendo and Nintendo alike. Joshua, thoughts? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy because I have not played <laughs> Animal Crossing. All right. <laughs> I think I'm the Logan. only person on the internet on the I planet know, right? who's not played <laughs> Animal Crossing. What do you think, Logan? I think that it was going to fall short either way in the game of the year conversation i think you look at the other platforms games like the last of us is coming out this week cyberpunk is coming out later this year ghost of tsushima i think there's a lot of other games that uh kind of just have that more those qualities that are more associated with the typical game of the year conversation not saying animal crossing isn't great because i think it's fantastic um but as for its relevance i do think it got a lot more traction uh, because everyone was stuck inside and that was the biggest game that came out at that time but i don't think it that really has an impact on the game of the year conversations especially since we're still what six months away from those conversations happening and and maybe some of that will have will have faded by that time yeah i kind of i i agree i don't think popularity sways us on when we are critiquing a game for game of the year or other rewards we're looking at simply like how good the game is regardless of its popularity unless it's our top 100 but i won't go into that because that's not the same thing but tom what do you think 
Yeah, well, that's that's the thing is that's that's kind of how IGN generally does it, right? But there are certainly people who view Game of the Year as not just the best game of the year, but like sort of the most top, like the game that defined 2020 or the game that defined that year. Um, and, and you know, you can go either way on this and it's sort of it's like all game of the year debates, 100 percent an opinion thing. Um, I do agree with Logan in that I I think that Animal Crossing completely could be a contender for Game of the Year, but it's just a hard year for it this year. It we've already given out we gave out no tens in twenty nineteen, and we've given out four in the first half of twenty twenty. Right? What what games got those tens, Tom? Um, Last of Us Part Two, Persona Five Royal, our re-review of Overwatch, and. Oh man, there was one that I can't remember now. Um, Half Life Alex. Yes, Half Life mm. Alex. Thank you very much, Thanks, Logan. Yeah, those those are like we've given up four, and like looking forward in the the second half of the year, there are more games that in my mind could be a contender for that. Not that not that we like prejudge anything, just like that could line up if if they turn out right. Yeah, um, like Rune Factory Five. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm- um, I'm being I'm being facetious for every everyone else, but not myself. But sorry, no, Tom. No, like, it's a really really good year for games, and I think that Animal Crossing is a phenomenal game, uh, and certainly could be a game of the year contender in in certain universes, and in definitely in pre- people's personal opinions. It's just like, man, it's a tough year this year. It is a really competitive year this year. Yeah. So that's what we think about Animal Crossing potentially being a game of the year contender. This next question is from David Barber, and he asks, with the popularity of Ring Fit, do you see a sequel hitting one day just to give people a second adventure to go through? Or will it sadly be like a lot of Nintendo things where it disappears into the sunset, never to be seen? Hmm. I think think, people need to be able to get the first adventure. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good point. Very true. I'd be I'd be more surprised if we saw a Ring Fit two, and less surprised if we see some sort of other thing in that universe, right? Like a different exercise piece, piece of exercise equipment, or a different style of game like that. Um, because if you start doing a two, you get into this weird situation where it's like, well, do you need to have bought the first one to get the ring, or does the second one also come with a ring, and then do you have two rings if you've bought both of them? Like, there's a lot of weirder questions that are solved by just being like, oh, we'll just do a different fitness game. What about, do you have any any thoughts on this, Joshua? Have you played Ring Fit? I don't know. I have not. I've got to do the jump rope game. You do have to do the jump rope game. I think with (laughs) Ring Fit, it would make more sense if they came out with an expansion and another world to play. Right. Something more to continue. And then re-released a package that came with everything, like a bundle with everything together, the base game, the DLC, and the ring, in case you didn't have it. And otherwise you can just buy the DLC digitally. But that's what I think. And we have time for one more question, if we're quick. Uh this is from Tony Lunt, and they ask, what would be the best JRPG to start with for a newcomer to the genre? Does Pokemon count? I was going to say the same thing, honestly. Like, Pokemon was my first JRPG, and I think it introduced me to a lot of bigger concepts, and it gave you the, it gives you the option to be complicated with it if you want. So I think it's a great starter JRPG. Nailed it. Dragon Quest Eleven. That's my pick. It's it's a massive one, but I think it's pretty accessible. I, all your characters level, whether they're on the bench or, or in the battle, and it's my favorite JRPG of all time. It's on the Switch. The Switch port's amazing, so that'd be my pick. It is the best way to play uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, actually, from what I've heard. Tom, are you still thinking there? I have no idea. Like, weirdly, the, my answer is, like, Western RPGs. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's, like an acceptable answer to this question That's but like a western JRP, WJ, w, wrpg is not the same as jrpg yeah, i know i just <laughs> i think that western rpgs tend to ease you in a little more sometimes mm-hmm. um whereas jrpgs and this is not a knock against them by any means but like assume you know jrpgs a lot of the time um at least in my experience and like I, like there i think there are games that are like 
around an RPG or around a JRPG that would do a really good job of like teaching the language of JRPGs to then like you could jump into more of them easier. Okay. Like what game? I don't know. Like I think I think Divinity is actually a very accessible sort of thing, right? Like maybe I'm wrong about that, but like it's it's a very Divinity is a really good RPG because it's extraordinarily intuitive, right? You see an oil barrel, you shoot it with fire, it blows up. Like, you kind of just know that that's going to happen, whether you played RPGs or not. Um, but maybe I'm assuming too much, because I'm in pretty deep. So I, I, I don't yeah, know. No, I think Divinity Original Sin 2, you're right, it is very intuitive, and, like, what you think would work does work those ways. But at the same time, I feel like there's so many systems involved that you have to be on top of and, yeah. and to battle the difficulty curve of that game unless you put it on an easier difficulty but again I like guess, maybe like skyrim right like skyrim yeah, is, right. is the most accessible rpg ever right like that is it's the widest appeal rpg ever at least mm-hmm. no you're right so guys thank you so much for joining me for nintendo voice chat this week joshua tom and logan thanks thumbs up all around thanks for talking about pokemon and all the other really cool things congratulations logan on your move to start your new job i just wanted to give you a little shout out before we end the show boxes everywhere in congrats no thank you can i actually say one last thing real quick i want of course you can Uh, clubhouse games was developed by nd cube who did make all the more recent mario parties i don't know why i said nintendo kept it under wraps because they didn't yeah so it was made by the super mario party team and it shows and i recommend it well, so at least Clubhouse- you got that right. That's- yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So Clubhouse Games is the Mario Party DLC we've all been waiting for under a guise. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening and or watching. You can watch or listen to Nintendo Voice Chat every Thursday at 3 p.m. on your favorite podcasting platform or IGN.com or YouTube.com. Thank you so much for watching again. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place you can. Get the thing. We're happy to present IGN's Summer of Gaming, featuring the latest and greatest in game reveals, news, trailers, next-gen coverage, and more. Our month-long event features our first-ever series of IGN Expos, where you'll get first looks at world premiere game trailers, exclusive game demos, and interviews you won't find anywhere else. IGN's Summer of Gaming, only on IGN and IGN One on Samsung TV+.